0: I want to share with you about my old friend, Biff. He has gotten himself into some trouble again, as you might imagine. Biff and Mabel just seem like they can't keep themselves out of trouble. Biff's got a confession to make. He wants to let you know today that he is an imposter. And so I titled this story, The Confession of an Imposter. Did you know that there is a gap between who we are and who Jesus is calling us to be? And you're working hard to close that gap, or it's widening. Which is it with you? Are you like Biff? You're working hard to widen your gap between who you really are and who Jesus is, or are you working really hard to close the gap? It never stays the same. And the issue is not so much about the imposter that is inside of you or that imposter that is inside of me, but the issue is, what are you doing about it? You're not perfect, I'm not perfect, and Biff, by all means, is not perfect. And so we don't need to be too hard on ourselves about our lack of perfection. But what we really want to address is, how are we doing at closing the gap? Some people are running hard the other way, and the gap is getting bigger and bigger. Other people, they're sincere, they're genuine, they're true Christians, they want to honor the Lord, they want to close that gap. They understand that they will never be perfect, not in this life, there'll always be some distance between who they are and Jesus, but they're leaning into Christ. They're not leaning the other way. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You are listening to Your Daily Drive. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. The Confession of an Imposter. If you want to read this confession, I would love for you to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. I've got 2,000 words here. You can go through them at your own pace. You can also go through them with someone else. In fact, that would be great, especially with this article Hey, I'm an imposter, I wanna close the gap, I wanna be vulnerable, I wanna be transparent, will you help me? Well, by cuddling up with a friend, if you are a woman, by getting with a guy, if you are not a woman, that would be great. And that is the really the first steps to taking the mask off. You know, those Adamic fig leaves that we wear as we hide ourselves. If you wanna talk about this, I would love to do that as well. You can become even more vulnerable and more transparent. Get on our forums and say, hey, Rick, I was reading this article, The Confession of an Imposter, and it really rocked my world. I wanna take my mask off. I need some help. Will you help me with that? We would love to do that. We wanna interact with you. Go to our website, rickthomas.net, get your free username and password, log in, make sure you're logged in, Get on our community forum. By the way, we don't keep passwords, so I would have no idea what your password is, so make sure you you put it in a, a good place so that you remember it, but you can also always change it if you happen to forget it. If you are a supporting member of our website, you can go to our private forum and you can talk to us there. Let's talk about Biff. Biff is tired he is 43 years old and worn out, and he has been running hard for 19 years building his kingdom on earth. Burning candles on both ends have become a way of life. Back in the day, his frenetic pace was exhilarating. Today, it is not. The harder he tries, the more ground he loses. His children are rebelling, his wife is complaining. His boss is losing patience; he cannot keep it together any longer. The mask is coming off. Biff knows he will have to do the thing that he fears the most. God is calling him to be real, and that is the intersection for a person like Biff. If you're standing in that intersection, you can either go left or right. I choose I, I mean I appeal to you to choose to follow the Lord. The thing that you may fear the most is the thing that you may need to do the most. And while Biff could fake out his family and fake out his friends, almost, I mean, the truth is you never really fake out your family or your friends. It could be that they are just being discreet or maybe fearful or maybe they just don't want to get into it. But you can always sense when people are fake and when fakery is happening. And so it might be better to say he could almost fake out his family and friends, but he was working hard at that. But the Lord is not as easily impressed with our shenanigans, and he's most definitely not manipulated. In Hebrews 4, it says this in verse 13 No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God sees in the dark. He has the ultimate night vision goggles. He knows what's going on in our hearts, not just what's going on, he knows our thoughts and our intentions. And so Biff was not faking out the Lord. Yeah, he professed Christ, but he was not living for Christ. His lifestyle had put him at odds with the Lord in his heart of hearts. He knew he had not been living authentically. He had not been authentically following Jesus. Biff was out of step with his calling. The formation of Christ was not happening with him. And even though he says that he believes in Jesus, he knows it's a sham. And the harder he tries to live in two worlds, the more chaotic his soul becomes. And that's the way it is. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. He said that nobody can serve two masters. Biff was trying to serve two masters, and it was falling apart. Biff is a dysfunctional representative of Jesus Christ. How awful is that? Though he works hard to convince others differently. He has become all things to all people so he would be loved and appreciated by a few. His plan is not working. Biff's world is falling apart. His hypocrisy is calling him on the carpet. If you hear your hypocrisy calling, will you answer the door? Will you step inside? Will you confess this to the Lord? Hypocrisy is not just a person saying one thing and doing another. Yes, that is a simple definition of it. This is what I say, and that is what I do, and those two things are different. But hypocrisy is deeper than that. It is a revelation from a heart that is disjointed from Christian transformation. That's what was happening to Biff. The life of Biff and the life of Jesus are on two different playing fields. Isn't that the way we all are to some degree? living in two worlds, in our most revealing moments of reflection, and in our most authentic times of vulnerability, we know that we are not a perfect reflection of Christ. And that does not have to be a problem. Being honest like that is a good thing. The real deal, the real key that you want to interact with is not... (laughs) that you are an imperfect reflection of Jesus Christ. The thing that you want to interact with is what are you doing about it? Are you trying to close the gap between who you are and who Christ is? We know that we're not perfect. We know that the Lord is still working in us. We know that we are not in heaven yet. Here's an interesting quote by Leo Tolstoy when it comes to imperfection, but moving in the right direction. He said this If I know the way home and am walking along it drunkenly, is it any less the right way because I am staggering from side to side? Think about that just for a moment. If you are truly regenerated, God has borne you from above. You have been reborn. You're on your way to heaven. You are on the road. You may be walking along it drunkenly, but it is still the way, and you are staggering side to side, but you are moving in the right direction. Paul said it this way when he reflected on his inconsistent homeward journey. He said, he said this in Romans 7, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. There's your biblical paraphrase to the Tolstoy quote. And don't you feel the discrepancy in your own soul between what is right and What is wrong? Think about it with me as you reflect on your true self. Try to be vulnerable, if only to answer a few of my questions here. Just for a brief moment, be vulnerable, be transparent, be honest. It's just you and me. Four questions. Number one, who are you? Number two, I want to make sure you understand number one. So here's number two. Really, who are you? Question three, what do you struggle with the most? And number four, can you allow yourself to be transparent and vulnerable with others? I am a person who is somewhere between what I used to be in my past and what I should be, what I will be in the future. There is always a fluctuating gap between who I am and who God is going to make me after he completes what he started way back in 1984. You know the text in Philippians 1 verse number six, God is going to complete what he has begun. And all of us live between the completion and the beginning. We live in that space between what he has begun and what he is going to complete, and that is a fluctuating gap. I'm just being honest. Right now, there are lingering pieces of chaos remaining in my soul. All of my sins are not gone completely. I am definitively sanctified. Do you know what that means? When you are born again... You are forever secure in Christ and you receive definitive sanctification, meaning you receive all that you need to live a godly life. But you must grow up in that faith, and even though you have definitive sanctification, you still live a life of progressive sanctification as you work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I am definitively sanctified. I am fully born again. I have all that I need to live for God. But there continues to be a tension in me between what is right and what is wrong. And sometimes I choose the wrong thing. And so at the risk of totally exposing myself for who I am, let me state what you already intuitively know about me. There is active hypocrisy in me. I can be an imposter, a poser, a mask wearer. The title of the podcast is The Confession of an Imposter. I was talking about Biff. I shared his story. I interwove mine in there just a bit, and I hope that you are inserting yours as well. We all can be a little bit of a hypocritical person. I would love to be consistent Oh, to be whole. Or as, the Paul, as Paul said in Colossians 1.28, to be complete, to be complete in Christ. I would like to live an authentic Christ life 100% of the time as opposed to living in this dualistic humanness that is lurking behind fig leaves. I do wonder if this is true with others. Is this true of you? Will you be honest? Aren't we all imposters, at least some of the time? Aren't your self-accusations somewhat different from the way you present yourself to others? Don't you live in a surreal double world oscillating between what you are and what you want to be? In your most fluid and best moments, don't you falter? Isn't there a gap between who you know you are, and the carefully edited version that you put forth, hoping others will like it. I share this quote often. It's one of my favorites. Frederick Beekner, said in his book, Telling Secrets, quote, it is important to tell at least from time to time the secret of who we truly and fully are because otherwise we run the risk of losing track of who we truly and fully are, and little by little come to accept instead the highly edited version which we put forth in the hope the world will find it more acceptable than the real thing. I wonder if most people are like Biff. I wonder if most people are like me, how many people give into the double-mindedness of James and settle for a lesser life than what Christ offers? Even though they find their truest love in Christ, it's more satisfying to chase secondary lovers. Biff ran after those false lovers for many years, only to end up hollow, broken, dissatisfied, His false lovers were God replacements that he hoped would fill the insatiable desires of his soul. They were imposters. Let me share with you his three favorite imposters. They are love, marriage, work. Here is how those three imposters, false lovers, worked out in his life. The first one, love, marriage, work, the love imposter Biff lived in a world of porn. Porn lures you into the life of an imposter, a person who resigns his life to lurking in the shadows in an attempt to create a world where he can release his fantasies. This world was one that he could manipulate by making the cyber women satisfy his deepest cravings. These women made him feel good about himself. He wrote the script and told them what to say and how to think, and they responded with everything that he wanted to see and hear and feel. It was the perfect fantasy. I put that in quotation marks because it's most definitely not. But in the poser's world, it is the perfect fantasy for the poser. He's totally in control. He's totally private, totally pleasurable and totally different from the real world that he has to contend with each day in which he is failing. This is his escape. Biff was living in the hypocritical gap between two worlds, the world of porn where he was receiving love and the real world where he was growing in disappointment day by day. And he was never true in either one. In the fantasy world that he created, he was an image of his creation, while in the Christ world, he was a facade of what Christianity is supposed to be. In his Christian world, he could only put forth a carefully crafted image of how he wanted others to think about him. While in his porn world, he was true to his Adamic cravings, Biff was lost in both worlds. That was one of his imposters that he had created, the love imposter, and then there was the marriage imposter. Marriage was another one of his failed attempts to live for Christ, and while the Lord was calling him to give up his life sacrificially, he craved to be pleased at all cost, even if he had to sin to manipulate his wife to meet his desires. Now it's no longer the cyber women that he was manipulating to make him feel better about himself, but now it is his wife that he is manipulating and demanding that she meet these insatiable cravings. Marriage became a false lover, a soother of his soul. He bent his marriage toward himself to cater to himself so he could receive his most coveted longings. Marriage was a manipulatable means where he could receive attention, love, affirmation. You see the echo of that in his porn world. When his porn world wasn't working, he used marriage. When marriage wasn't working, he flipped to the porn world. He was a poser who pretended to be a Christian living in a Christian marriage, but it was not authentic. He was living for himself. He used his wife and his children to create a mirage that lifted him up by feeding his insatiable longings. His wife felt like a Christian prostitute. She did her duty, but her heart was growing colder by the day. His selfish, self-made fantasy world was colliding with what Christ was calling him to be. He had the love imposter. He had the marriage imposter. And then he had the work imposter. When porn was not an option and his marriage was not going well, Biff could turn to his work. Biff did what a lot of guys are tempted to do. His work was the place where he could strut his stuff and collect the praises of others. Men gravitate toward their raw strengths and natural abilities. While there does not have to be anything wrong with this, it can be a devastating option if their abilities become a means to satisfy their sinful cravings for acceptance and significance, which was the case for Biff. He convinced himself and others that he had found his niche in life and that God was using his job as a means to provide for his family. While there was truth to what he spun, there was also a hidden and insidious side to this story. His unguarded strength, which was his job, became his greatest weakness, that not only blinded him but kept him from living an authentic Christ life, Biff was self-deceived. He justified his work because he provided for his family, and Biff was good at what he did. But what Biff would not tell you is that his work satisfied his quest for self-glory, especially in light of his growing displeasure with his home life. And there were three of Biff's imposters, the love imposter, the marriage imposter, and the work imposter. Our pursuits do not have to be wrong pursuits. Obviously, love, marriage, work are all good things. They can be, should be. Good things can be good for us but they can also become misguided pursuits when we take the good things in our lives and use them to satisfy our lust. Sex is fantastic. It is for the pleasure of your spouse, but when you turn it and bend it towards yourself, then it is no longer about your spouse, but about you, and it loses its gospel force. The gospel is always going and moving away from you toward another person. Jesus came from his place to our place to save us. Jesus is always esteeming us more than himself, and that's what we should be doing. And so sex is fantastic if it's for the pleasure of your spouse, gospel-centered, gospel-motivated, physical intimacy. Marriage, too, is beautiful. When two people become one flesh for God's glory, but when one person within that union decides to become self-seeking and to use that union for selfish pleasure, then marriage becomes a bad thing. Work is terrific if it becomes a means to put Christ on display rather than to fill our insatiable love cups, and that is exactly what happened with Biff. Our problem is that too often we select false lovers as God replacements that put us in a gap between two worlds. We become imposters, not true to ourselves or real with God. Jeremiah put it this way when he said in Jeremiah 2.13, he said, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that could hold no water. We create this world that does not hold water while seeking to convince ourselves and others that it's all real. The path we carve out for ourselves can become fraudulent, it may work to a degree. But in reality, it does not work because it is not the authentic life Christ is calling us to. It keeps us from being the people that God intends us to be. The title of this podcast is The Confession of an Imposter. You can read the entire thing if you like. Go to our website, rickthomas.net. There are loads of scripture verses in here that you may want to read as well. There are a lot of questions that you have heard thus far but I do want to give you a brief call to action as we wrap this up, hoping that these steps will benefit you. The true answer for all of us is in Christ alone. In Christ alone, we find reality, true reality and satisfaction. He alone is the answer to our most penetrating questions and our deepest longings. He is the prototype that we are to imitate, As we rivet our hearts to the heart of God, we find true peace. If you feel yourself in this frustrating place between two worlds and you do not know how to get out of it, I want to encourage you to do these four things. Here they are in sequential order. Number one, admit. The Bible word is confess. There is a world of difference between Christ's followers who struggle but repent of their sin and hypocrites who refuse to admit their bouts with their sins. Will you agree? Will you confess? Will you admit that there is a gap between who you are and who you need to be? You're agreeing with what everybody else already knows because every one of us is in the same boat. The best thing you can do is just lift your hand and say, I agree, there is a gap, I admit it. Step one, if you can't do that, you can't go any farther and you will not find any help. Step number two, stop. Our temptation is to present ourselves in a way that we believe will be more acceptable to others. Will you stop this? Every Sunday morning in your church meeting, You're milling around with a bunch of representatives, carefully edited versions that everybody in the building edits, crafts into the person that we want others to believe that we are, the person that we hope others will accept us. Will you stop trying to look good and start being more transparent about your life? Step number one, admit the truth. There's a gap within all of us, but you specifically. Step number two, stop yielding to the temptation to present yourself in a way that may be acceptable to others, but ultimately is not acceptable to God because He sees in the dark. Number three, seek. Do not try to extricate yourself from your hypocrisy alone. That's kind of the intent of imp- of hypocrisy is to isolate and to hide you behind fig leaves. Finding Jesus and authentically living for Jesus happens in a community. Will you find a few close friends who allow you to take off your mask? Now the implication is clear here that they are doing the same thing uh, that all of you are Slowly, tentatively, but yet in faith, you're removing your mask because you want to live a transparent and vulnerable life under God with each other. Point number three, will you seek to find at least one other person who wants to go there with you? And then number four, pray. Ask the Lord to give you the grace to help you to close the gap between the person that you are and the person that you should be in Christ. Point number one, admit there's a gap. Point number two, stop with that carefully edited version that you are trotting out into the public space, hoping that they will find it acceptable. Number three, seek, dear God, please bring me one friend that we can do life together in a real and vulnerable way. Number four, pray. You'll need ongoing grace. You'll need ongoing support. It's a good idea on paper to say that I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent. It can be a fantastic meeting that you have the first time with that individual. But where it's going to be hard and where it will be tested is the first few times when you are vulnerable with that person because it's not going to go well because we're all imperfect and we'll do it imperfectly. The true test will be sustainability. Perseverance is the Bible word. Ask God to give you persevering grace. If we can help you and you want to talk about this, rickthomas.net is the place to go. Let's talk. Thanks for listening. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.